This episode of Policing Matters is brought to you by Lexapol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support, and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit Lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Well, you're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Well, I love seeing movies about law enforcement in the future. And over the years, we've seen some of that technology come true. Uh, Westworld completely uh, showed hum- humanless driving cars. We're seeing that today uh, in Minority Report with Tom Cruise. We've seen analytics and individually focused branding and advertising. A lot of what we see today on pop-ups when we're searching for something on the internet. They also mention eye retinal scanning for security as it does in Blade Runner. And Blade Runner goes further in using retinal scans as a means of interview and interrogation. As life sometimes imitates art, we have eye detect a new lie detection technology that detects deception by scanning or measuring, changes to involuntary eye behavior, and it's used much the same way a polygraph is used to detect deception during an interview or interrogation, except that polygraph measures physical responses. How is law enforcement currently using eye detect technology, and how else might it be used in the future? Well, today we're going to find out I'm talking with Todd Mickelson. He is the CEO and president of Converis. And uh, Todd's got some great things for us. Thanks for having me, Jim. Hey, tell us, uh, give us the background. How does iDetect work? So as you mentioned uh, in your prologue, the the iDetect product is really a next-generation lie detector that relies upon changes in cognitive load to identify if you're lying. Um, It's based on the science that when we lie, we exert more mental effort. Uh, Scientists refer to this as as an increase in cognitive load, but it's really an exertion of more mental effort to communicate or to tell the lie. Um, And that um, increase in cognitive load has an involuntary effect on the eyes. Um, experienced uh, investigators would say, I can look into their eyes and, and tell that they're lying. The, the reality is, is what, what happens uh, when there's an increase in cognitive load is the pupils uh, get slightly enlarged. They dilate up to a tenth of a millimeter. And that dilation can be, te- can be detected with a special eye tracking camera where it can measure these minute changes at up to a hundredth of a thousandth of a millimeter at 60 times per second. So the way this works is you sit down in front of a computer uh, with this special camera attached in our software, and it presents the questions to you on the computer and you answer those questions by clicking with a mouse. And while that's happening, if you're lying, uh, the, 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 the camera will pick up these uh, enlargements in your pupil diameter. Uh, as well as some other involuntary things like a change in blink rate and where you fixate when you're reading the questions and looking at them on the screen. But in essence, um, it's, it's measuring these cognitive changes that occur when we lie. 
uh, that cause these involuntary effects in the eyes that we can capture with a special camera. So different than the polygraph that measures your pulse and your breathing and and other bodily uh, reactions, uh, this is concentrated solely on the eye. That, that's correct. Um, a polygraph measures physiological uh, changes that tend to be more emotionally based. So as you mentioned, uh, your pulse or your heart heartbeat, um, or your heart rate, really it's measuring the amplitude of, of, of those changes. Uh, change in what's called electrodermal activity or is a fancy way of saying that, you're, that you start to perspire, <laughs> right? Uh, a change in your blood pressure and a change in respiration. So those are the four core things that a polygraph measures, which tend to be more emotionally based, they're physical reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hence, uh, there are countermeasures that some people will apply to try to control those uh, physiological, emotional reactions. Uh, in the case of eye detect, as I mentioned, we're measuring more um, physiological changes in cognitive load. So uh, it, it tends to be more, you know, mentally um, uh, based as opposed to physically based, like you'd have in a polygraph. Yeah. So you're you're into law enforcement applications now. What what kind of uses are you seeing with eye detect? So iDetect was originally built to try to provide a non-contact accurate lie detector that could be used more in screening applications. A screening application would be something like a, um, uh, a, you know, a job interview where you want to verify if, if someone has had a history of, say, drug use mm. or sometimes since they became an adult, if they've been involved in serious crime. Um, do they have ties to uh, domestic or, or, or foreign terrorist organizations uh, where you're really screening on rather than saying, you know, did you take the money from the safe? You're, you're verifying if someone over um, potentially a long period of time has had a, had involvement in, in, in a particular topic of interest. Mm. And we wanted uh, to deliver something that was accurate that could be run by a non-trained uh, polygraph examiner. Uh, polygraph examiner typically goes to a 10-week a uh, school uh, and then needs a certain number of hours of, of actual uh, testing mm-hmm. to become proficient. And um, that's tough in a situation where you maybe need to screen a hundred or a thousand people in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. So the first application was uh, pre-employment screening. Um, the beauty is this product is, is, is as accurate as a traditional polygraph. Uh, the accuracy is, is 86 to 88%. And the 88% applies to um, a screening exam of up to four topics, mm. where we give you a score on a scale of one to 100, indicating whether the person was deceptive on a given topic. So unlike in a polygraph where you know they're lying about something, um, I detect with 88% accuracy can tell you that this person is lying about the department's drug policy. Hmm. And um, that would then enable you to um, do a post-test interview and dig deeper, uh, maybe by following up with a polygraph exam on that specific topic. 
Yeah. Well, I can see, I mean, just by what you described, I can see so many different uh, offshoot uh, applications, uh, especially since it's it takes such a short period of time to to take the test or, or get through the test. So are you thinking about um, travel? Uh, I know, you know TSA longs, lines are long enough already, but um, I remember going through uh, their version of TSA in Europe and the lines were just ridiculously long. And it seemed like um, they were using cameras and iPads to detect behavior of us waiting in line. Are you thinking about something like that down the road? So we actually have some customers using it in that application. Just to clarify, the, the length of a, an ID tech test is between 15 and 30 minutes. Mm, okay. So it, it wouldn't be an ideal tool, uh, you know, for a 15 minute scan, 15 second scan, someone coming across the border. Um, but we, we do have situations, you know, and once again, to compare that to a polygraph, uh, the American Polygraph Association um, standard is that the polygraph be at least 90 minutes long. Mm. Wow. Uh, th- now that includes a pre-test interview and a, and a post-test interview. But um, in the movies, you know, they make it look like you can ask one or two questions and know immediately if someone's lying. That's that's not how a polygraph works. Right. And unfortunately, ID Tech doesn't work that way either. We need to ask you multiple times about a primary issue and then multiple times about the comparison issue. And we basically compare what your eyes do between the two. Mm. Um, so having said that, um, we have worked uh, with the U.S. government um, in secondary screening where people get flagged. Mm. Um, you know, maybe you have drugs in your checked luggage and you say, I have no idea how those got there. I'm an unsuspecting mule, Right. Right. And you're taken to what's referred to as secondary screening, where you're interviewed and so forth. And um, one of the options would be to take an ID tech test hmm. and, uh, and prove your innocence, that you really don't have any idea how those drugs got placed into your luggage. Um, we have more than 50 governments in 50 countries using ID tech. Um, in some cases for screening their hires uh, to detect uh, insider threats. Um, but some of those governments actually use it at the border. Um, uh, in, in the Pacific Rim, there are two governments that use it for what you're describing. Uh, they have people coming from countries where they don't have great records and you must be 21 or older to apply for a temporary job in those countries. Mm. Well, um, you know, they don't have a they don't have a passport or some set of legal documents to prove age. So they use iDetect to verify if you truly uh, meet the requirement for being uh, allowed to come and work under that temporary job. Mm. And they do that at the border. Yeah. So background screening uh, is a is a primary use of iDetect. Well, that's true for polygraph as well. Um, If you look at the number of polygraphs that are done uh, annually in the world, uh, 95% or more of them are what are classified as screening exams. Hmm. We have a a number of departments of correction that use it for screening. So New Hampshire and Connecticut both run thousands of these tests on um, 
individuals who are up for an early parole or are on parole hmm. and they need to be tested periodically to verify that they haven't violated their parole. Uh, we would characterize those as screening exams because in the case of maybe a sex offender where they're under court, uh, you know, the judge requires that they be tested uh, randomly twice a year. You know, you're testing on things like, have you violated your parole by being within 500 yards of a grade school? Um, have you had any contact with previous victims? Hmm. Um, those, are, those are screening exams. Investigation exams tend to be things like I mentioned where a crime occurred and you want to verify if that person was involved. You know, were you at the scene of the crime? Did you stab that person? Did you take that money out of the safe? Hmm. Um, those types of things. And you just have fewer situations where, where the product is used under that scenario. Yeah. So criminal investigations. So you have law enforcement agencies using them in those we do. We've had we've had a number of situations. So um, you know, there's an ICAC group uh, in each of the each of the states across the the country. Um, we have six or seven ICAC groups that use it in their sting operations. Mm-hmm. ICAC so, being Internet Crimes Against Children. Yeah. So an officer would pose as a you know 14 year old girl online, and um, the the, the the criminal thinks that they're going to meet up with this girl at a at a hotel. When they show up at the hotel, they're arrested and they say, "I was coming to warn this girl that she was in trouble." And they they'll do these stings on a Friday, Saturday night and round up maybe 20, 20 people. Um, it's always at one a.m. And so when the person says, "I was coming to warn the individual," uh, the arresting officer will say, "Are you willing to take a lie detection test to confirm that?" And they always say yes because they don't want to appear guilty, right? And they walk down the hall at 1 a.m. and have them sit down in front of uh, in front of an lie detect station, and it becomes more of an investigation. They don't ask, "Did you really intend to come and warn this girl?" Uh, the the, the it's a single issue test that says, uh, have you had any um, uh, inappropriate or sexual contact with a minor? Mm. And of course they say no and fail. And then the arresting officer will interrogate or do a post-test interview. And they usually always give up something, um, uh, which then becomes the basis for uh, an arrest in addition to meeting up with uh, this 14 year old girl. So. Uh, those groups are using it there. They uh, will all, often also use it um, if if it's just crimes against children. So you show up at a home where it's obvious that uh, there's abuse involved, and some of these units will pull out the ID tech station uh, right then and there when you have know, someone claiming that you know they didn't do it and, and run the test. Um, on the flip side, we have law enforcement groups that use it to help narrow down um, the suspects that they should focus on. Hmm. Uh, we had a case here in Utah where the Utah uh, County Sheriff's Office, the largest county in Utah, had a missing persons case and the primary suspect was the boyfriend. And he said he had no idea what happened to his girlfriend and so they tested him and he passed. He got a high score on ID Tech saying that he was being truthful. Hmm. 
Well, they then tested his best friend who they suspected was also involved in her disappearance and he passed with a high score. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, um, a month later, uh, she was a long distance runner uh, preparing for a, for a marathon and was running up in the mountains. And um, uh, she slipped and fell down into a ravine, um, compound fracture, uh, cell phone showed that she had attempted to make calls and couldn't, hmm. and unfortunately um, passed away. Um, and some hikers found, found her remains. And so this was a case where um, it, it, there was no foul play. It was truly an accident. And these individuals were, were in fact, innocent. Uh, we've had the reverse happen with other situations where later on you find that, that the tool is effective in, in helping um, uh, the police identify uh, where to focus their efforts and, and how to get a confession. Yeah. Wow. Great application. Hey, I want to get more into that and the accuracy and any challenges. But uh, first, I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. Lexapol empowers first responders and public servants to best meet the needs of their residents safely and responsibly, serving more than 2 million public safety and government professionals in over 8,000 agencies and municipalities. Lexapol offers a range of solutions that includes policies, training, behavioral health resources, news and analysis, and grant assistance services for law enforcement, fire and rescue, EMS, local government, and other agencies dedicated to public safety. To learn more, visit lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L dot com. And I'm back and I'm speaking with Todd Mickelson, president and CEO of Converis, makers of the iDetect system. And uh, gosh, um, I can think of the backgrounds, you know, in, in law enforcement, recruiting is so difficult and one of the criticisms is the backlog on backgrounds. So this seems to speed up. Um, how many of these could you do a day if you, if you were working for an agency and, and they had a list of candidates for you for a background um, investigation? Yeah, so the beauty is uh, an, an entry-level administrative HR type person uh, who has gone through two hours of training on how to turn the device on and what to watch for um, can uh, can proctor can manage one of one of these tests. In fact, we have the software that allows them to do that semi remotely on a separate computer, hmm. and they can manage up to three tests simultaneously. So, uh, an entry level proctor doing screening ex exams could do up to thirty a day. Wow! By themselves, if you had that many applicants. Um, uh, and so, uh, you know, once again, it's the computer that's giving the test. The computer describes what you're going to be tested on, ask the questions and you click with the mouse as you're, as you're answering. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's, it's optimized the, the real benefit. Um, and we're seeing this amongst our 70 plus law enforcement agencies that are using it is it's difficult to find uh, good applicants today in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. uh, agencies are struggling uh, with a small number of applicants that come through. And what they're finding is uh, the traditional process, which is 
you know, an agility, a physical agility test, psychological evaluation, then a formal background check, uh, and, um, and a drug test, and then ultimately a polygraph on the back end. Mm-hmm. That, that process, um, you know, can be a six-month process, um, and it can be very expensive. Um, and by the time you get finished with it, the best applicants have taken jobs in neighboring agencies. Right, right. So what our customers are doing is they're, they're putting iDetect on the front end. So day one, you fill out the application and you take an iDetect test and you're tested on the same things that you would normally be polygraphed on. Um, but that immediately gives the hiring agency uh, an indication of whether or not this is a good candidate mm-hmm. that they should focus their time and energy on. Uh, it's not that they would disqualify the others, but if they got a backlog of background checks to, to, to do on applicants, mm-hmm. then they would uh, fast track you know, those uh, that do well on the ID tech test. And then they can decide to still do a polygraph on the back end if they so desire. The benefit in doing a polygraph is a polygraph measures different things. And if you're doing both an ID tech test and a polygraph and they get the same result, uh, now there is a 99% probability that, that you got it right. Mm. Um, We refer to this, scientists refer to it as successive hurdles. You know, you're having them jump over multiple hurdles and if they can get over all of them, then, then, then you get it right. So um, uh, that's how our, uh, customers are using it. Um, they'll sometimes use it even at a recruitment event before people hmm. go through. Uh, um, if they're you know a, a new applicant before they go through the school uh, to qualify to officially apply, um, and and it just gives them the ability to to save significant money. Uh, Kent PD in Washington State has been using both I detect and polygraph for, for over two years now. Hmm. Uh, they're a small agency of about 200 sworn uh, uh, officers, but they estimate that they save $70,000 a year uh, by using I detect on the front end um, to streamline those that ultimately get polygraphed still on the back end. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great idea. It's, it's similar to the drug testing where, in the past, we used to get applicants, you know, 75% through the background only to see them fail on a, a, a drug test when now uh, they're plucking t- uh, hair for DNA uh, testing for drugs at the very front end, just like you're talking about. So, yeah, you can you can save some time and and get people out of the system that sh- probably shouldn't be there. Um, how's it been received? Uh, who are the critics on iDetect, there's always a critic of technology, right? We've, uh, in, in California, we've been um, uh, held from using facial recognition software till at least past 2023. Um, who's who's talking about iDetect? Who are your supporters? Who's who's uh, the critic? Yeah, so I think uh, the biggest critics have been traditional polygraph examiners. Um, they... Um, view the polygraph instrument as a better instrument for collecting physiological data. And then they'll manually an- analyze those charts and, and determine if someone is being deceptive or credible. 
Um, and I think in some regards, they feel threatened that this might replace them. The reality is it doesn't. Mm. It's, it, it, it's a different instrument for collecting the physiological data. You still need an experienced person on the front end to possibly do a, a pretest interview to create the test, to load the test onto the, the computer mm. and then do a post-test interview. So we have some examiners who have really embraced it and, and see the value of coupling it with polygraph. Um, a year ago, um, we launched uh, a, an automated polygraph. Um, so rather than a human being asking the questions, the computer asks the questions and you're attached to the same sensors that a polygraph has with one exception, rather than an uncomfortable arm cuff for measuring blood pressure, uh, we use um, EKG and the photoelectric polysmograph that measures pulse to measure the same kind of uh, changes in blood pressure. Uh, so it's um, less intrusive and can be done automatically on a computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we include the ocular capability with it. So we've married uh, both cognitive as well as the physical, physiological, emotional changes all together in one product, it's, it's called iDetect Plus. Uh, you might argue maybe it should be called Polygraph Plus because it really is standard polygraph plus the ocular capability, all rolled together in an optimized protocol that asks the questions in a way to get the best data out of both of those. And the accuracy uh, bumped up to 91% uh, on that product. So, um, you know, we do have critics, but we would invite them to take a look at our automated polygraph uh, where you get the benefits of a traditional polygraph coupled with ocular and uh, a better overall accuracy. And so when we get to the courts, whether they're civil courts, somebody protesting their background or to criminal court where maybe you've obtained a confession during an interrogation using eye detect, what's, what's been the, the process in courts? Yeah, so that's an interesting question because some people wonder if polygraph can be used in in the courts. In most cases, it can't. And the reason for that is the same reason that I detect wouldn't be used in most courts, and that is they're not 100% accurate. Um, A good polygraph examiner uh, on average uh, would be right 85 to 90% of the time. And you know, with eye detect, it's 86 to 91%, depending on if you're using the, the polygraph sensors or not. Um, so there's room for error. Um, having said that, uh, it tends to be more of a state by state thing. In New Mexico, we had a, a Daubert hearing where um, uh, a person who was uh, accused of a a sex offense uh, was on trial and uh, the, the judge and jury looked at the technology behind eye detect in addition to the conditions of the case. And in the end, uh, it was approved uh, as evidence that could be submitted. Mm. Uh, so we have a precedent in New Mexico uh, where evidence can be used. Uh, eye detect results can be used as evidence. Um, and we have in a couple of other states, um, some pending cases right now, but in those pending cases, it is a mix of eye detect and polygraph together. Once again, going back to my comment of successive hurdles, 
if the two independent tests get the same result, there's a 99.2% probability that they are correct. And that's the approach that we're taking in these other cases right now, that you really need both tests uh, asking the same questions. And if you get the same results, then, then we're arguing that, 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 that them, the two items combined should be uh, accepted as, as, as evidence. Hmm. And we'll see what happens. Though There will be Daubert hearings around those. Uh, and then hopefully after we get a, a number of states uh, approving it, uh, then others would follow suit because of the precedent. Okay, well, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, let me ask you this, for law enforcement technology, we've seen slow rollouts sometimes over you know, several years. What are the challenges to any new technology emerging in law enforcement? Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges is just uh, the unknowns um, uh, uh, about what training is required and, and, and moving to a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, as we have approached law enforcement groups, you know, the first reaction is, you know, we've got, we've got a polygraph examiner on staff. Why would we, why would we change? And when we start to analyze, well, how many exams can that examiner do a day? Well, two under APA guidance, you know, no more than two. Well, what's your backlog? How long does it take? Um, you start going through the, the issues there and, um, and then they quickly see that there, there would be benefit to adopting technology to streamline uh, the process and make it more effective, more cost-effective and get a better result. Uh, so I think it, it comes down to education, um, fear of, you know, doing it differently than it's been done before. Mm. Right. That seems to be the stumbling block in anything new. Hey, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, Todd Mickelson, president and CEO of Converis, makers of the eye detect lie detection technology. Where can our listeners go to see the demonstration and how eye detect works? So they can go to Converis.com. That's C-O-N-V-E-R-U-S.com. When you go to our homepage, uh, one of the core vertical markets or areas in which our product is used is law enforcement. Hmm. Uh, Click on that link on the homepage and it will take you to a section that has uh, videos, uh, tests being demonstrated, uh, testimonials from other law enforcement groups that are using it both for screening as well as investigations, um, and uh, some specific case studies that you can read up on in terms of the benefits and value they're getting out of it. That's great. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for taking time, and uh, congratulations and, and best of uh, success to you in, in the future with helping law enforcement with new technology. Hey, to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, let me know what you think. Drop me a line at policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com. Stay safe and we'll hope to catch you real soon. I'm Jim Dudley.